judgment. But in advance of that, his anger and this judgment that was going to happen, he was able to look calmly in this horrible situation and show mercy to those that obediently took the blood as covering and they were rescued because of it. You know, because as we read in, and as we learned as we went through Zechariah and what we've gone through in Revelation, the second advent, prior to the second advent or during it, there's, there's going to be death and destruction in much, much bigger scale than the Passover. And we will be seen in the same way. And believers that are there, God will be calm and he will be peaceful in that time while the rest of humanity will experience something quite different than what we will experience. So with that, we need to praise him continually knowing his anger has been turned away from us. Verse 2, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is a beautiful verse. It's one that you really should memorize. And, and this is a self-contained statement, right? It opens and concludes with the words, my salvation. And our salvation is found in God himself. And we see four characteristics of that in this verse. Four characteristics of the saved. We see one, we see trust. Um, the end of fear is a big one. The song, or the end, trust, the end of fear, strength, and the song or the song of praise. Four characteristics. And the good thing is that it starts off with the word behold. Now, that's just not something you, we said quietly in that time. It's to get the listener's attention. It's so they know this message of great hope that this God, this God that could be angry with them, has turned away and he is now their savior. Take that in for a moment. We see earlier in Isaiah wrote us in chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, right? This is Isaiah who actually got to go and witness the throne of God, right? And what did he say? All of a sudden he's, he's like, whoa, whoa. He, he's, he's not a, he is not digging what he's seeing. He knows he is doomed in the presence of this God. But he was relieved when he was cleaned and given a purpose. And then, so now we see in 53, we see this coming of Jesus in chapter, in chapter 53. So this is this great hope that we have, that a God that could be so angry that Isaiah saw just the power of him and was, and was worried. It's like, what am I doing here? I don't belong here. Now, he was given a vision of what's going to save us. 
and 53. So we see this comfort is provided and shown throughout the entire Bible. Salvation, trust, and not being afraid are the marks of a believing group. Uh, that these marks can last our entire life and provide us comfort in the most difficult situations leads us to sing praise. And with doing so, we should yell our beholds or hallelujahs or even hooty-hoos to grab people's attention as we share this thrilling news that uh, we are going to be his forever. So think about that. If you're saved, you have been given an incredible gift by God who was under no obligation to act this way towards you. And then Jesus cemented the deal when he freely of his own came down to earth in obedience to his Father to be our sacrifice. So we are on the incredible side of a divine decision which was life-saving, eternity life-saving. Verse 3, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So when you read this or went over it, what was the first thing that came to your, to your mind as we did this? I know mine was the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. Um, I know it may not be completely accurate, but to me, when I'm when I, just reading this, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So we see in this, in this story that happened, you know, Jesus shouldn't, by all rights, should not have even been there. Jews did not go through this land. They walked a longer way around it. But here he was. And then here was the sinful woman at the well, at the wrong time of day for collecting water. You think about it. If we had to draw water from the well in July, August, and all that, when would we go? Early. Early. So here's this woman at the heat of the day, the time where she's not supposed to be there. But she's probably there because she's avoiding the scorn and the looks and the talks from all the townspeople, right? Because here she is, a woman married to multiple men, and the one she was with currently, she wasn't even married to. Wow. And here's Jesus. Wow, you talk about a divine appointment. What could she have done to earn this appointment, to sit there and talk to Jesus? Um, wow, basically none. So he's talking to her and telling her all about what she needs to know. And what did she do? She went back into town and screamed, called them all together to talk about this man, this, this Savior, that told her everything about her life. So, and the thing is, in, in verse 3, there's no song at this time. Isaiah has stopped the singing, 
and it's just talking. And it's good because we're transitioning from a singular, the you here is plural, and we're setting up for the community scene. And they're going to go through the remaining verses here. Water also in this point is a picture, is used throughout. We see water. We see it as the crossing of the Red Sea. We see it as millions were being fed from wells. And this living water from the well we will enjoy now and forever. And that's why we are told that we will draw it with great joy. So here's a question, speaking of joy. If it's time in, in your day to come before God, either in, in reading or anything else, and you're experiencing no joy in sitting there and doing that, and it's causing you, I mean, you could think, so the moment you sit down, you're thinking of hundreds of other things you could be doing that you didn't do prior to sitting down to reading, but now you're stressing, going, I really need to get those things. I will come back to you tonight. If that happens to you, and it happens to all of us from time to time, I think maybe you need to sit for a while, let everything else go. If you're married, tell your spouse, I gave you permission to do this, and they can call me. But I think you need to sit in prayer for a while and really focus on God until you hear from Him. Until you hear from Him, either by reading His Word or whatnot. I mean, it happens every time, right? So I'm in my daily Bible reading, and I can tell you I've read a verse probably hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. And it's so, how do you say, it's so easy to miss. So here's, it's story Genesis. It's, you know, Abraham is getting ready to pass, and he has sent one of his servants to go to where Abraham came from to find Isaac a daughter. And it's so simple. I mean, it hit me and stunned me. It's like, why don't I make sure I do this every single day? It's 2412, and the servant said, and he said, Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. It's like, wow. So why don't I do that myself? Why don't I sit there every morning and say, grant me success, Lord, in sharing about you, in reading, and everything else I do? So it's important. I, I can tell you what, I'm sure Al can share with you also. So many times, even though we're focusing on passage, doing your other reading, it's like, wow, the light came on. It's like, thank you, Holy Spirit that living water, you, you really showed me something I haven't seen before, even though you go through that so many times. So it's really important. And because the other stuff, the other stuff, is it really that important? 
Remember, eternity is forever. And this, this is all about Jesus. This word. This tells us, it tells us in John, he is the word. So we need to know this. We need to know it. Just think about everything else it tells us in Revelation. Everything else is wood, hay, and stubble. Um, and it's going to burn. And I, I right now do not, I do not want to generate any more wood, hay, and stubble. I have a lot that's going to burn as I jump through. I don't want any more. Um, so don't let that stuff occupy your mind. Okay, verse 4. And you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the peoples, proclaim that His name is exalted. So we're rejoining the song at this point. It's currently in progress. And Isaiah has gone from an individual singing to now the community is singing this song. See where it says, and now you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. This is the community that has drank from salvation's waters with joy, with joy. All have a common mind and they express it here with the list of imperatives or things that are urgent to them. The community's first thought, first thought is to give thanks to the Lord. This thanks is in regards to their salvation. Then we are to call upon his name. God has made his name known to us. So we who have been given this incredible gift can enter into spiritual intimacy with God. I want to say that again because it's so cool. Because of this gift, we can enter into a spiritual intimacy with God. In my notes, I said, stop and think about that for a moment. Because a lot of times, you forget. You forget what incredible gift you've given that the creator of the universe has given this to you. So, spend time with him. Think about, think about what is occupying your mind. And where does your mind go when it's time to do this? Like I said, mine, I think of a to-do list and everything that's on it. So is it work? Is it shopping? Is it Amazon? Is it home chores? Is it Amazon? Um, if it's me, you had a few more Ebays listed in there also. But stop and focus for this moment. So whatever you do, you need to work on getting God in the front of your mind and figure out a way to keep him there. Mine? Because my go-to in the morning, if I don't make sure I get, you know, moving quickly, I'll grab my smartphone to see, it says, because my company's three hours ahead of me. So when I start my morning, they've already started there. So I'll check my smartphone. 
but then I always go to my Gmail and I see in my personal email my reading list for that day. It comes to me, the, the Murray McShane's paper that I recommended. I went on and signed on and they sent me an email reminder every morning. So there it is. I can't get away. Because you need those reminders and God knew it. That's why he told us in the Old Testament to write his word on everything, doorposts, anything you can. Um, you know, if your children write a memory verse on the wall, they're just being biblical. I mean, you got to hope it might come out, but then, you know, who's being the, the spiritual leader in that home? That child obeying the Old Testament or the parent that wants a neat looking house? So, so when you spend more time on God than social media, shopping sites, or what is, whatever is grabbing your attention, then you'll reflect more on Him. And then the, goal, the result of that, well, you can't help but share His goodness with everyone around you. Now, this week when it was horribly cold, I left my house Friday and it was nice. Friday morning, I get out to a golf course and it is windy and cold. Now the guy that works out there saw me get out of my car and he said, what are you doing here? It's like, well, I made a commitment. I want to come out and golf. So behind us was this crazy guy, short sleeve and shorts. And it's like, you can just go ahead of us, buddy. You're a nut. And he's like, no, 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 I go ahead. Finally, we convinced him to move ahead of us. And he said, well, I couldn't really hear you talking because I had Christian music playing in my head. It's like, aha, I see what you did there, brother. You're thinking we're sinners because we're wearing jackets, I think. But, uh, but uh, you're trying to witness to us. So what church you go to? And he's like, faith community. It's okay, known your pastor forever. He's retired now, isn't he? Yep, yep. Caleb's our pastor now. So okay, go forth and be weird in your t-shirt. As we're dying, we have multiple layers on. But um, it was awesome. So when you have that going for you, you're going to just pick out some way to get some conversation going. He was probably thinking, you know what? These guys could, could say Christian music. What? What the heck is that? Don't you have any Billy Joel or something? But no, I mean, sorry, Sal. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was awesome. It's like this guy was going to make sure he got in his faith as he interacted with people. So verse 5, sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. So this group scene continues. The song is called for by Isaiah in response to the works God has done. And why is that? Well, remember, as I said earlier, when we went and when Al took us through Isaiah chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, Isaiah was before the throne of God. He's seen it. He's not keeping quiet, folks. He's not. He wants his friends, 
his family and generations of, of readers to know this incredible God. He has done gloriously, or gloriously can be translated as he has done things with a high dignity or majestically. That's how powerful it is. And all this means is that our everything God has done, that everything God has done is worthy for everyone to know. And it is confined to the earth in this passage. It says, Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously, and make this known in all the earth. Verse 6 says, Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. So now we are winding down this song, and this is where this song started. A male lead led us, the community moved in, and now we're going to just a light background vocals and we picture a female singer coming in and she is you know songs are normally supposed to wind down she is taking it to it in this verse um, she's yelling out shout we see exactly what she's doing shout and sing for joy O inhabitant of Israel So Zion here is personified by this exultant woman, a woman who feels triumphantly happy and powerful. Now, it's kind of fitting when you think about it. So this song of praise is winding down. This woman is feeling triumphantly happy and powerful, and it shows us a picture of Messiah. Messiah who will be coming home to his bride, the church, and she will be delighted and shouting aloud. So the conclusion is we should sing with gladness of this eternity to come because of what Christ did for us. Now I want to leave you with some areas of growth that we can all develop. Um, Number one, our delight can and should be in the fear of God. We saw that last week in 11.3. We've talked about other ways you want to model Christ. Jesus got away by himself and studied. And the Bible tells us, go into your prayer closet, meaning be alone and study. So... It's just one more thing we model, want to model in Christ is delighting in this fear of the Lord. Number two, be in continual praise of God for his love for us, his mercy, and, not, and that his anger has been turned away. And I think the third one is continue to grow. 
continue to grow in our understanding of how just how big our free gift of salvation is and that this life is temporary and there's a bigger thing in front of us you know believe it or not this will show you how my mind works I'm thinking of this and the one thing that struck me ever since I was a kid you know I apologize to my wife in advance the first Rocky movie you're sitting there and and they're showing a scene of something very important that that Rocky's taking is this fight and they've even had him on television he's just socking away and pulverizing these these sides of beef and Apollo Creed his trainer is telling him hey you want to stop what you're doing stop these conference calls stop everything come over here and watch this this guy's taking it serious and he goes yeah yeah I'm serious I'm serious too can I have another cup of coffee I'm serious so it was like this guy missed the boat on what was good about to happen to him this is something we should do the greatest thing is before us and we need to realize that and and really put our mind and thoughts into it really be into it in our group we've made this the year of big prayers and we got another one hit up that we're going to share with our group um, we just thought it was a normal FaceTime call but it wasn't it was friends that we've known since shortly after we were married a very rugged past we love these guys we went back and saw them in November and you know you're apart for decades well okay five years but you're apart you don't see them daily in your life like we used to and so but you get together it's like you never were apart it's, it's that type of friendship and um, they're going through physical and we found out earlier right before we left we found out that they were actually divorced and now they're talking about what steps they want to make What, they want to get back together and they want to honor God this time they, they weren't necessarily um, believers when they got together and, and this time I mean they've experienced a lot in their marriage from addiction to everything else um and they asked us to help them walk this. So we are. It's gonna. Uh, it's that's just an amazing. It's like I've had I've had to go counsel with this guy before about um, addiction, and so this is going to be incredibly tough. And. So we could use your prayers on that. But we're going to try and, try and go out and see them in March. And uh, 
just see how they're doing. Make sure they know that what they've asked us we're going to take serious and, and show them what the expectations are for honoring God first in a marriage. And then, um, and, and they're in their mid-60s, so, and, and the health issues are abound. So this, this could be awesome. This could be very awesome. Um, number four, experience joy in this world and because of, because of the Holy Spirit is in you. And if you're not experiencing too much joy in your life now, find out why. Find out why. I guarantee you, if you spend more time in your word, more time in prayer, and more time talking to others who are believers, you'll figure this joy out. Five, call on God's name and ensure He has the focus of your mind, that He has the focus of your mind. And then the last one, the last one, long for that day that you'll spend forever with God. Long for that day. I didn't realize that, that that number six is a good segue into communion. So let me pray. Dear Jesus, we just want to thank you so much for this time that we can be before you. Uh, this word, this precious word that you've given us that none of us take as serious as we should. Help us to all grow in that more and more. Because ultimately, we get to spend eternity with you. And ultimately, that needs to be our goal in trying to drag as many people as we can with us. Jesus, thank you for this series of triumphant grace. We thank you so much for that. Just the power that we see all through it. From six, chapter 6, you talking to Isaiah before your throne, to the passages we see of comfort of this Prince of Peace that's coming, this child that's going to be born, all the way through 9, and then the awesome passage last week, chapter 11, seeing this new Garden of Eden, seeing what our life will be like. We thank you so much for that. It's no wonder 12 is just a song of praise after 11. Amen. So part of that longing to be in heaven forever has got to be the fact that we get to take communion weekly.